an insane story coming out of Texas that I'm going to try to tell without the FBI watchdogs shutting down the podcast. And then we take a look at true evil as we meet a group of dark-robed villains living amongst us. Did you know there are grown adults? There are adults who believe that they are actually the real-life version of the Sith. And then we travel to India to meet a young man who is trying to get to school one morning. Little does he know, reality has other plans. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun. I hope you guys aren't me. I hope you guys aren't me. I'm suffering from severe allergies. The amount of editing to take out all of the sneezes and sniffles will be insane. But someone who's never insane walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, give it up for our newest Patreon supporter, Sufi Loveheart. Yeah, all right, Sufi, come on in. Give him a big round. Flush of the door, shut the door. The pollen is really bad around Dead Rabbit Command. Sufi, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about this show. That really, really helps out a lot. Now, we got an action-packed episode. We got three stories. I haven't done three stories in a long time. So, Sufi, hope you're ready to go. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're driving all the way out to Dallas, Texas. We're taking the Jason Jalopy. It's a bad choice. It is a convertible, so I'm just getting extra pollen into my nostrils. Pollen from other states is even worse. The reason why we're in Dallas, Texas, Sufi, I want you to pull up right here. And we are currently sitting outside the house of former President George W. Bush. This story's nuts. I can't believe this story isn't getting more play. We were so close to World War III and, I believe, a civil war. I believe that this could have thrown everything into chaos. What happened was, in April of 2021, two people approached the FBI. They were actually already, like, confidential informants, which tends to mean they got caught doing something they shouldn't have done, and to lessen their jail time, or sometimes you'll get paid to be a confidential informant, or both, these people worked for the FBI, but only as, like, secondary. <laughs> Their main job was being a criminal. So you had one person specialized in being a forger. They would forge documents. So this person specialized in ID cards. Police ID cards, driver's license, social security cards, FBI ID cards. I mean, I guess if you want someone on your team, it should be this guy. But again... He's not a member of the FBI, he's a confidential informant, so this person who's actively making badges that are fraudulent is also working with the FBI. You can imagine whenever he goes into the FBI field office, they're like, hey Joe, it's nice to see you. You got any juicy tips for the FBI? And he's like, sure do, boss. And as he's walking through the place, he's like stealing their FBI badges, and he's like, no one will ever no one will ever suspect it is the master forger who's a double agent who stole all these FBI badges. The other person that was working with the feds was a smuggler. This guy specialized in human smuggling. I'm sure he could get you some bananas over the border. I'm sure he could get you a bunch of illegal iguanas from Guam. But 
specialized in human smuggling. Apparently, a lot of this stuff is still in sealed court documents, but from what we can understand, Forbes did a really good write-up on this, and no one else. This is shocking. Forbes covered this, and then ABC News covered this, and then... Oh, what? Okay, I guess it's a non-news story. A smuggler, a human smuggler and a master forger went to the FBI and said, dude, you need to, like, we're, <laughs> we're criminals and we know we're criminals, but you need to look into this guy. His name is Shihab Ahmed Shihab Shihab. He's a 52-year-old man. He was a citizen of Iraq who's been living in the United States on a visitor's visa in Columbus, Ohio. And he has an asylum application pending. And these two confidential informants said, we have both been contacted by this guy because he has a plan to assassinate George W. Bush. And he had a plan. It's not like, oh, I hate the governor. Oh, one of these days, I hope someone... <laughs> this is the phrase I'm not going to complete because I don't want to get arrested. But you people have grievances with politicians, right? And some people will fantasize about it. They're like, oh, if I could only, if I could only do that phrase. But he actually had a plan. And what had happened was he had contacted these people and he says, what I want is I'm a member of ISIS. <laughs> I've triggered so many federal watchwords. The feds are definitely going to love this episode. I'm a member of ISIS. <laughs> I... Shihab Ahmed Shihab Shihab is a member of ISIS, and I have a bunch of ISIS dudes over in Iraq, and I want to smuggle them over the Mexican border. So, smuggler, can you do that? And he goes, yeah, it's like $50,000 a person. And Shihab goes, no problem. No problem. The smuggler's like, oh, I should have asked for more. I should have said $100,000 a person. He goes, I want to get seven of my ISIS compatriots over the border. We are then going to get a bunch of guns. And we're going to have fake police badges. You can do that right, Master Forger. And he's like, yeah, I can totally do that. It'll be $50,000 a badge. We're going to have either fake police badges or fake FBI badges so we can get close to the president. And we're going to shoot him. Now, that's troubling enough. But again, sometimes people, they get drunk and they're boasting and stuff like that. They don't really mean it. In November of 2021, Shihab was outside George Bush's house taking photographs. That's when it's not you sitting on your couch throwing empty beer cans at the television set. That's when you have a plan to assassinate a former president. The plan was then to escape back over the border and just to disappear. Can you imagine... If this had been pulled off in today's climate, he's been arrested. And that's why we know about this stuff. He wasn't reading Forbes.com one day. He's like, oh, got to go. They caught him. And they don't believe that he's a boaster. Again, there's a lot of people who make threats. They're calling up the White House at three in the morning, threatening the president. The Secret Service will come out and talk to you for that. They'll see if you're a threat. This guy was not sitting in a living room full of a bunch of empty beer cans that had been thrown to the television set. This guy was a member of the Ba'ath Party of Iraq. He was a He's claimed to kill several Americans in Iraq during the resistance years between 2003 and 2006, during the American occupation of Iraq. 
He's claiming to be a member of ISIS as well. And it, and it doesn't seem like the authorities are like, yeah, whatever you say, buddy. Like, you're just making it up. They're taking this pretty seriously. <laughs> he is in jail. And I think they can track some of this stuff. He's able to name names and say, oh, I used to work for this guy. He was, like, trying to tell these two confidential informants. He was, like, bragging. Oh, dude, I love killing Americans. And they're like, dude, all I do is make documents. I don't know why you think all of a sudden I hate America. Because I forge IDs. So they were able to stop this guy. But could you imagine if this happened in today's climate? I think it would have caused World War III. And I think it would have caused the Civil War. I think because imagine if they got away with it. If they did this, and they killed a former president and they got caught. You could blame it on ISIS. Right? Oh, man. And it would just, that would be insane. Because ISIS has been decimated at this point. They're still active. Obviously, this guy it's just this guy left. They're still active, but they don't have the same amount of firepower or following that they used to have. We invaded two countries because of Osama bin Laden. We invaded the country he was in. We invaded Afghanistan. And then we went ahead and invaded Iraq. And that, that's why this guy wanted to do it. He wanted to do it as revenge. If you couldn't catch him, though, and you couldn't blame it on ISIS, everyone would be suspect. You would, every American geopolitical enemy... And not only that, I think it would rip the country apart because you would have people who actively hated George W. Bush, people who would be celebrating it on Facebook and Twitter after this happened. They'd be like, I don't care about that guy. Anyways, people would go nuts. People would go insane. This, it wouldn't be like when Kennedy was assassinated, right? It brought the country together. This would be the opposite. I honestly think that had this been successful, it would have, at the very least, thrown the country into turmoil because you would have people who are openly celebrating it and then you would have people who weren't <laughs> you would have people who would be going after the people who were celebrating it it would be insane and if you thought it came because you might think it's a domestic thing right how could they have gotten close to this guy or you could have thought it was a world power that did it or isis or some unknown terrorist group or China, or Russia, or whatever. I mean, it would be insane. And you got to remember, there is always a segment of the U.S. government. I don't can't say this for all world governments, but there is always a segment of the U.S. government, no matter who's in power, that wants to go to war. Always. Always. That has always existed. We were, I think it was Eisenhower who warned about the military-industrial complex. You're not hearing it here first. This is pretty well-known, I think, in American politics. There is a group of people who are always willing to use U.S. might to go to war. Is it for profit? Is it for power? Who knows? And it's always there. It might be different names, but there's always a group of people who wants to invade other countries, so... This assassination attempt was successful. It would throw the country into turmoil, if not the world. Crazy. A salute to you, good old forger and human smuggler. You guys are criminals, and you guys should probably stop doing that criminal stuff. But man, had they not turned this guy in, the world would be a very different place very, very quickly. And no one's talking about it. It's so weird. No one's talking about that. Sufi, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit rocket ship. We're leaving behind Dallas, Texas. We're headed all the way out to the Death Star. I was researching a story recently on Reddit. And what I'll tend to do when I find a story, someone's posting it, I like to go through their posting history to kind of see what they're about. Because if someone is always posting once-in-a-lifetime paranormal events, then I go, uh, is this true? 
if they're posting about a bunch of normal stuff, most of their posts are just about random stuff, and then they go, hey, guys, you won't believe this. This has just happened the other night. Blah, 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 blah. It usually lends more credence to the story. It's just a research tip I like to use because we don't know how much of this stuff is true. When I read something published in a UFO journal or a UFO website, a cryptid website, that does give it a little bit of more legitimacy. But again, I, they might have just found it on Reddit and it might have been random when they found it as well. So I like to have this tool when it's available. And I don't remember what story I was working on, but some guy had posted something that I was like, let's see what this guy's all about. Let's see if this guy's actually legit. And what I found was I was a fool. I was a fool to question this guy in the first place over whatever story it was. I obviously decided not to do it. I was a fool, though, because I was trying to find out who this man was. But really, I was in the presence of a Sith Lord. Now, if you don't know what a Sith Lord is, you've obviously never watched the Star Wars movie or hung out with an eight-year-old. Sith Lords, the ancient enemy of the Jedi... Darth Vader was a Sith Lord. Emperor was a Sith Lord. A bunch of made-up characters and a bunch of books and cartoons were Sith Lords. They are the dark side of the Jedi. They're the ones who decided to say, I will embrace the anger and shoot electricity out of my fingers and kill my children, which seems to be a common theme among the Sith. And if you could join any fictional group, wouldn't you want to join the group that's constantly killing their kids? This is the Sith Order, and you might be saying, Jason, these guys are obviously LARPers, right? They don't actually think they can shoot electricity out of their hands. They don't. It would be hilarious if they tried, but they're not LARPers. They clearly say, quote, We are not a role-playing sub, and we aren't delusional people who think we can use Force Lightning. We are regular human beings that recognize the Sith Code as a guiding principle in real life. Now, obviously a huge fan of the original Star Wars trilogy. I was born in 76, so it was kind of required that you watch all that stuff. I like the prequels. I read a couple of the books, Heir to the Empire, that trilogy, that was fun, Timothy Zahn and stuff like that. I don't watch the cartoon. I watch a little bit of the Clone Wars. I don't watch any of the new stuff other than Mandalorian. Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Book of Boba Fett bored me, and I was like, okay, I'm done with the new Star Wars stuff. Never saw the new movies. So that's where I am at as a fan of Star Wars. So my knowledge of the Sith is fairly limited. So when these guys said that they followed the Sith code, I thought, isn't that, isn't Force, isn't shooting lightning out of your fingers kind of a big part of it? Killing your kids. Being evil in general, right? The Sith are constantly trying to take over the galaxy. And there can only be two of them at any one time. So, <laughs> spoiler alert, there's more than two members of the Sith Order. You can only have two members of the Sith. So I had to look up the Sith Code. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's dumb. It's just dumb little kid stuff. Stuff that people would write on a spiral notebook when they were 12 years old and thought it was edgy. But it starts off with peace is a lie. Peace is a lie. Here's a little tip from an old man. If you're ever thinking about joining a philosophy or cult or religion of any sort, and it starts off by telling you that peace is a lie, it's not going to end well. Because the second you're like, you know what? I really like it here. <laughs> They're going to beat you up. They're going to beat you up because you're living a lie, man. Uh, it goes on like this. 
Uh, peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The force shall free me. The force shall free me. And you go, well, Jason, I don't know. I kind of I kind of do believe peace is a lie. I currently have two cops and headlocks listening to your podcast. Whether or not you agree with this, whether or not you're a total psychopath or not, I should alert you that this creed that these people do believe and they live their life by was not found on a set of stone tablets or even a holocron deep within the Jedi library. No, this credo was first shown in the Clone Wars animated series, episode 16. Just another tip from an old man. If your life philosophy first appeared on a cartoon... It's probably not a good life philosophy. But let's take a look at you. You're like, Jason, you're lambasting these dudes, right? You're talking bad about the code. You know what these guys are going to do to you? Let's take a look at some of these sinister dudes, though. Let's take a look at some of these dark lords of the Sith. Now, again, if you're not very familiar with Star Wars, uh, the Sith lords have to have the name Darth in front of them. So you have Darth Vader. This is stupid, right? It was cool when his name was just Darth Vader. When I watched the movie, they never said Sith in the original trilogy once. They might have done it with George Lucas's 18 edits. But originally, his name was just Darth Vader. It wasn't a title. It was just that was his name. He was from an alien planet. It was Darth Vader, like Han Solo, right? Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was just a made-up name. And now there's like Darth Sidious and Darth Bane and Darth Maul and all these guys, right? Which I don't mind those characters, but it kind of took away from the fact that it was him. But anyway, so that's the thing. Now the dude, you got to be a Darth. You got to, which honestly sounds really dumb. The name Darth always reminds me of Garth from Wayne's World. But anyways, let's take a look at one of these sinister dudes that are out there. Might be working next to you right now at your workplace. You're listening to this podcast. You look over, there's a guy with a dark hooded cloak on. Let's take a look at some of these guys. We have Darth Oscuro. He chose his name because it's the Spanish word for dark. So Darth Oscuro. And he, he goes on to explain that's just, that's just not good enough, right? The Spanish word for dark. And he says it's, quote, referring to my assassin nature. The darkness is my home birthplace, work office, and battlefield. And I was like, what? where does this guy work? Where do any of these guys work, honestly? They all seem to be adults. The darkness is my home. I can see that. Your soul is in this dark place. Peace is a lie. His birthplace? His birthplace, I guess, maybe. We all came from the dark. We're in our mom's womb. Work office. So now he's just making stuff up. He's just lying, right? Who works in a dark place? Who's like, all right, man, time to go to work. (laughs) They shut all the lights off. Oh, dude, maybe he works in a dark room, right? But he doesn't say that. (laughs) I mean, that would be less intimidating. He's like, ha, 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 I work in the dark. But there's a red light on so I can develop photos at the local Payless and Battlefield. He fights on a darkened battlefield, which I think would be pretty easy to beat this guy up because he's never seen the light. The only thing you have to do is shine a light in his face, and they have lightsabers, so that's even worse. He'd be constantly blinded. Then we have Darth Loon. Not like a loony bird. Not like a coin from Canada. Darth Loon, L-U-N-E. I am Darth Loon, he says. 
Loon is French for moon. I think you guys are seeing a pattern here. They're very imaginative people. They just pick something from different language. Loon is French for moon. Like the moon. This is all his quotes. I'm not saying this. This is crazy. Like the moon, I wait for my time to strike. And I do not shine brightly like the sun who charges in head first. I am the moon. Wait, before I continue, let's just take that apart. Whoever associates the moon with waiting for its time to strike. It's just something that's up there that slowly disappears, right? And then it slowly comes back. I've never been like, oh, it's almost a full moon. It's about to punch Earth. I've never once associated the moon with anything like strike worthy. And then he says, I do not shine brightly like the sun who charges in head first. So I don't know what type of solar patterns this guy sees. The sun, I guess, kind of just shows up and it's super hot. But again, I've never thought like if I had to say either one of them was punchy would be the sun. Like their heat waves are constantly like punching my skin, making it burn. But... Still, I don't want to say it heads in first. But anyway, so this guy, his name is Darth Moon. <laughs> Basically, Darth... And here's the thing, like, in America, if someone says, I'm Darth Loon, you'd be like, oh, what does that mean? And they'd say Moon. But if he was in France, he's literally saying Darth Moon. Like, that's what it is. And people would be like, well, that's a stupid name. Why would you have that? And then he continues on, I am the Moon, I am the Shadows, and I am a Sith. And it's so funny, because, of course, when you get a bunch of malcontents who believe that peace is a lie. Guess what they do all the time on this subreddit? They argue with each other. They're constantly arguing with each other. And on this particular thread, people were arguing. Some guy said, I am not a slave to the dark side. The dark side is my pet. And people are like, no, you can't treat the dark side like that. This fictional thing that no one over the age of eight actually believes is real. You can't treat it like that. You have to be subservient to the dark side. And this went back and forth for a while until Darth Deficio which I'm pretty sure my Latin's a little rusty, but I think it means lack of. Could be wrong, could be wrong but I think it's apt. Darth Deficio says, I do agree, talking about the Sith Order in general, I do agree that this order is dot, 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 lacking, and I do appreciate restraint. I just do not take lightly to lack of respect especially involving Darth Bane, who's, who's a fictional character. He's totally made up. He's from the books. He's not even cool enough to be in the movies. I just do not take lightly to lack of respect, especially involving Darth Bane or any of the ancients. The most ancient any of these guys are is a book published in the 1990s. And especially involving Darth Bane or any of the ancients, I say we talk about this issue elsewhere. Perhaps in a PM, unquote. This is just insane. <laughs> this is just so ridiculous. I get it. Like, there are people out there who believe in the Jedi religion and, like, Jedi is a recognized religion in a couple countries. But that is very tongue-in-cheek. And even if it's not tongue-in-cheek, it's basically just an offshoot. It's a, it's a mysticism, right? It's Buddhism for the sci-fi age. And I get that. That, that. That's all well and good because at the very end of the day, at least it's positive. These people cannot go a thread without arguing with each other over something dumb. But yet they're living their life by the Sith Code. And you go, Jason, you know, what do you care what people's religious belief is? Well, I do care if their belief is they don't like peace. 
Right? If I'm sitting there, if I'm working with someone who's a Sith Lord, not even a Sith Lord, a Sith Apprentice, neither of those things, those things don't exist. Someone who actually believes they exist, right? And that's fine. People believe in all sorts of insane stuff. But if you have a philosophy and the first thing is peace is a lie, guess what? Your life's not going to be easy. You're not going to get along well with others. Someone who actually believes that their philosophy is based on a cartoon and a bunch of expanded universe novels. Not like it'd be any better if it was canon. Not like it'd be any better if it was from the original trilogy. I'm just saying that it's just so ridiculous. And of course, these people fight and bicker and they talk in these highfalutin tones like, My liege, would you like to please instant message me later? Like, it just doesn't work. It's so bizarre. There's a guy who goes by the name Darth Kalidus, who's also, he's a member of the Sith Order, and a member of a subreddit called True Christian. It's like, make up your mind, bro. Jesus was all about peace. And the Sith are all about destroying peace. Peace is a lie. It's so insane. This stuff is so nuts. But I hope that it's been illuminating for you. Watch out, Darth Oscuro. It might be too illuminating for your dark, crusted eyes. We're going to save the time loop story for tomorrow. <laughs> like, damn it, Jason, I was waiting for that one. But I do have one more story for you. This one it terrifies me. It absolutely terrifies me. Your mileage may vary. I imagine a bunch of people are going to be like, that's not scary. Sufi, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind the Death Star. We blew it up. The good guys won, as they often do in fiction and in real life. Sorry to break it to you, Sith Lords. We are leaving behind the destruction of the Death Star. We're headed all the way out to California. <laughs> We're in Sierra Sky Ranch in California. It's two in the morning. Three men are out camping in the area, and they're like, you know what? This camping thing's cool, sitting around the fire, trading spooky stories, roasting marshmallows. You're like, Jason, how old are these guys? Are they 12? They're all Sith Lords. They're out camping, and they go, you know what? This camping thing's pretty cool, but let's also walk around. Their legs are all asleep. They're like, oh, we've been sitting crisscross apple style for too long. They're walking around Sierra Sky Ranch. It's two in the morning. And all of a sudden, they hear a strange rustling in the trees. And then, an equally strange rustling from the bushes. And you go, Jason... You know, there's this thing outside called the wind that can rustle trees. But remember, they said it was strange. They said it was a strange rustling sound. This wasn't what they had heard before. And they see a man standing. <laughs> I think this is terrifying. This is one of my worst fears. They see a man standing there. You're like, Jason, that was your worst fear. You can't even say it without laughing. Okay. It's spooky, but I know some of you guys will be like, what? There's a man standing there. But not just any man. He's a tree man. It's this dude who's 20 feet tall. And he's covered in bark. And he's slowly moving. Uh, he's not making any noise. <laughs> 
I'm trying to make it even scarier. He's covered in crows. There was a pumpkin, a jack-o'-lantern next to him. He's a 20-foot-tall man covered in bark. Long limbs spread out with branches and leaves growing out of his tree skin. This type of story, that's also... (laughs) That's the whole story. But I'm telling you right now, this terrifies me. I, my worst fear, I have two worst fears. Zombies, zombie takeover, not just like limited zombies. If there was just like some zombies walking around Libya, I'd be like, that's their problem. But like mass amount of (laughs) zombies in my city, that isn't my problem. But mass amount of zombies, just zombies showing up, that doesn't scare me so much. It's the total breakdown of society and you're fighting zombies. If society broke down, I think I'd be okay. And if zombies attacked and, and society was still functioning, people were still going to work, I'm like, and walking to Best Buy and buy a new computer, but then I see a zombie behind me, I'm like, ah! Both of those are fine, but together, that's what scares me. Fall of humanity and the rise of the zombies. And then turning it, well, actually, it's funny, because I never really put this two and two together. Turning, my other greatest fear is turning into something against your will, which is really what a zombie is, right? A zombie story is you get bit and you turn into a zombie. I find that terrifying to have the human consciousness locked into something else. Now, if I wanted to become a grasshopper, I'm totally down. Like, if I could be like, see you later, losers, whoop, then I'm like hopping away. (laughs) They just grab a net and they catch me. I'm like, oh no, foiled again. If I could turn into it, I'd be fine. But like, you know, in the Greek mythology, wasn't, oh, Arachne, the story of the woman getting turned into the spider terrified me. There's tons of stories like that. It happens every so often in horror movies. I remember the first time it happened was that Doctor Who special where a guy got turned into a statue, and that really scared me. So when people get turned into stuff against their will, it terrifies me. And I do believe that this is possible. I do believe that's possible. I believe that you can be cursed and turned into a tree. I do believe that. I do believe that there are curses out there or places on Earth. Oh, yeah, in Twin Peaks, when Josie got turned into a doorknob, that terrified me. Like, to me, that's a fate worse than death. If someone said, we're going to shoot you in the head, it's not like I would lean against the barrel and go, try it, sucker. Like, I would try to avoid dying. If someone says, we're going to torture you and then kill you, I would not, again, jump towards the chainsaw. I would try to survive. But if someone says, we're going to lock your consciousness inside this inhuman object. If I ever get caught by some shadowy agency working for some unnamed government, and they go, we can either kill you, we can torture and kill you, or we can take your soul and put it in this amulet. I would be like, how long is the torture and how bad is it? And I'd probably still take that rather than have my soul locked into an amulet. Because then, I mean, like, at least I know if my arms are getting chopped off, I'm like, well, I I won't be using those anytime soon, but they're going to kill me after this. So, I mean, like, it sucks and all. Whatever. But if I was trapped in an amulet for eternity, like I'm in this amulet and I'm like, no, no, my like soul, like if you hold it under the right light, you're like, Jason, are you basically telling me you're afraid of becoming a Goosebumps novel? Imagine if you held up a gem. Imagine if I stopped doing the podcast all of a sudden 
And it's not because I constantly made references to presidents being assassinated in the earlier segment. It's not that the feds shut me down. It's that the podcast just stops happening and everything eventually just goes away. The hosting stops getting paid for. YouTube channel gets taken down. I become a medallion. My soul's trapped in a medallion. And if you look at it under the right light, you can see me going, no, no, let me out, let me out. And some guy, like some wizard, some wizard in a giant stone castle has me around his neck. And he's like, oh man, this guy's constantly saying, let me out, let me out. I didn't think about that. I should have made his mouth disappear and then put him in the amulet. And then he takes the amulet to the goodwill. The local wizard's walking in, in his giant robe and he's like, I don't want this amulet anymore. And now I'm in a goodwill and I'm like, no, no, let me out, let me out. Like, I know it sounds like I'm joking. This is honestly incredibly terrifying for me. As much as I'm laughing, this would be the worst thing for me to be trapped in a medallion, or to have a human consciousness trapped in a tree. I don't mind reincarnation as long as I'm reincarnating another human. If you told me there was a chance that when I died, I could become a stick, or I could become a beaver, or I could become a rock, I would do whatever it took to not never die. I would have the healthiest diet ever if I thought that there was a chance that when I died, my human... If I'm a rock and I don't remember being a human, I'm totally fine. But if I have a human consciousness and I'm trapped in a rock or I'm a rock and I'm like, oh no, dude, I remember I used to be human. And rocks last a long time. I'd be trying to roll into the river. I'm like trying to make birds peck me. I'm like disguising myself as ham. So animals will chew me up. That terrifies me more than anything. So the idea that this dude could actually have been a tree or this tree could have actually been a dude that's scary to me. That's one of my worst fears. And whenever I come across stories like this, I just completely pause. <laughs> I completely pause. As short as they are. I got this from thinkaboutitdocs.com, which is one of my favorite resources for this website. always like to give them a shout out. They got it from the Western Bigfoot Society newsletter, which is another really good resource. But yeah, I do believe it's possible. Out of all the stuff we talk about, and I do believe aliens exist. I do believe ghosts exist and demons exist and stuff like that. I won't say that I think most of it's fake. I think most of the stories we cover on the show are real. That's why I cover them. But out of all of them, this type of story is the scariest to me. Turning into something against your will. What did this guy do that led him to become this thing? I don't think it was willingly. I don't think anyone's like, you know, I'm kind of bored today. <laughs> I want to be a 20-foot tall immobile object. And the fact that he was moving in that strange wrestling to me makes it seem like he was in the last days of him being mobile. Soon his feet would grow thick roots into the ground and he would be frozen in place. And he would watch the rest of humanity go by as he stuck in this tree. Over time, the limbs would start to look like branches. And the face would slowly get covered up by bark as the rings grew larger. The human inside that used to be able to look out with eyes at a world he can never be a part of is now suffocating as the rings continue to grow. Suffocating but not dying. His human face, his original human body, is now encased in a hundred years of tree growth. Silently screaming blind to the world, stuck in place. His only hope is that someday he will feel the flicker of a wildfire begin to burn at him. Or a lumberjack's chainsaw shred into his body. Gruesome deaths for any human. But for a man turned into a tree, these are the only ways he will ever Find release 
from this unending torment. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>